Welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be episode number 12 of the Sarge Inc. podcast. I am Sarge, and this is my podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to ride solo again today, but I absolutely just needed to put out a podcast, so we're going to just wing it and see how this goes. I have to sort of explain why I haven't put out nearly as many podcasts as I would like to have put out. Ideally, I'd put out one a week, if not more, but one a week. And I've put out one in the past two months, <laughs> which is totally not acceptable. But it's like surprisingly, it kind of takes a lot to um, to record one of these. Like, you know, it's a, it's a couple hours on the mic. But if I get Dustin to come out here, it's like at least 45 minutes each way driving. And then two hours on the mic, plus a little bit of time shooting the shit. At least a little bit of time shooting the shit. And by the time it's like all done, it's a four-hour ordeal. And then, yeah, you got to do that during a week one night or on a weekend day. But then it, it kind of cannibalizes the whole weekend day. And uh, just lately, I've had so much stuff on my plate. And it's like, I just need to get some of the stuff done. So this is like the easiest thing to cut. And uh, I think I will get better, especially, like, thinking about it, like, it's not even summer yet. It's, like, middle of spring. But once the fall hits, and there's not, like, as much, like, pressure to go out and do some of these things I want to do. Because what I want to do is uh, do a lot of camping. Like, I have my Sarge Incorporated YouTube channel, which you should go like and subscribe to. Which, frankly, is, like, my high, other than, like, my things I have to do, like, my job and my dog. Is like my highest priority. I want to grow my YouTube channel, which is essentially like an outdoor adventure channel, which means I have to go outdoors and adventure. I want to take my van out. I want to get myself out. I want to get my bike out. I want to get the canoe out. But like that takes a lot of effort. And then once you go out there, so you say maybe like hypothetically, I go canoeing on the Sumas River. So I'm out there for seven hours. Plus loading time and unloading time, like putting up the canoe on the roof, packing, all that stuff. And then I got to come home and then it's like by the time I edit a video, it's six six plus hours editing. So just one video, which again, I would like to do one video every week. Um, like that's just so much time. And then like I work full time. It is like a lot. So anyways... I will like to do better. I would like to link these podcasts with some of these adventures that I want to do. But that's besides the point. I'll talk more about some of my canoeing and stuff that I've been doing recently. But I just want to apologize for not putting out enough podcasts. But I am going to try to get better. So that's about it. And more importantly, I want to talk about what happened today. Which was, I almost shit my pants on the way home from work. Like, this was the closest call I've had in, like, quite a long time. Um, Dude, honestly, maybe five or six years. This is the closest I've been to, like, yeah, shitting my pants. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't even really know what my deal was today. But I was, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, in the afternoon, I started, like, you know, getting a few farts. And I didn't really think much of it, you know, just farts and... Then, like, on the way home, it's, like, we're just about to go home. Because I had to, so we have an off-site storage locker. Um, we're, well, we have five of them, actually. 
So I had to do like a final load to there. So I unloaded as I'm unloading. I was just like, you know, I started to feel like the old rumble in the tum, <laughs> rumble in the whatever. My belly was rumbling and it was more than just farts. I was like, oh, I, I need to go take a number two, like pretty bad. But it wasn't like that bad. But it's like, oh, you know, like this, I'm going to have to poo as soon as I get home. And then hop on the road. I'm half an hour from home from there. And then about maybe 10 minutes later, it's like that big old rumble. And it was like, oh, dude, you have to go poo right now. And then I tried to like, you know, squeeze and hold it in. And it's just like, oh, dude, I don't I don't know if I can. Like, I'm not going to make it. I'm at least 20 minutes from home right now, maybe even 22. And I am absolutely bursting and i have i have no confidence i am absolutely you know ter- terrified is a weird word because at the end of the day it is just poop but i'm terrified that i'm gonna shit my pants on the way home and then like on my route home there's like no there's no like bailout options it's like i'm either pooping right on the side of like a main road in front of people's houses or I'm pooping in the van. Like there's no alternative. I'm not going to go past a park that has like outhouses close by. I'm not going by job sites. I'm not, I'm just in it. And then, yeah. So at 22 minutes, it's like, Oh dude, I'm not, I'm not making this. And I was slowly, slowly considering what's going to happen. And I mentally, was like ready to just like poop myself and i'm like just thinking about it's like oh man there's no there's no way i'm like i could just poop on the side of the road i do have like some random like paper towels in my van it's like well i could just poop on the paper towels and then just fling them out into a ditch whatever desperations we're like i'm i'm struggling i'm like literally i'm sweating i'm just sweating and then it's like i wasn't feeling good but it's like, I don't think I was really, like, not feeling good. It was just, like, well, I obviously I had, like, a rumble in my tummy. But I was just, like, sweating from the uncomfortableness of being resigned to the fact that I was going to shit in my pants. Ugh. Just the worst feeling. Anyways, we're now, we keep driving. I'm now probably, probably eight or nine minutes from home. And it's like, oh, dear God. Nether rumble. And it's like, it's happening. Like, there's no no way I can't do it. And then I had, like, that moment of wisdom. I was like, I just got to, I'm going to unbutton my pants and see if that helps. It's like, there's nothing I can do. I'm driving, and I'm mentally resigned. I'm ready to shit in my pants. Like, I'm ready. It, it has come to that. I'm, like, totally, like, resigned to my fate. Undo my pants, and it made a huge difference. And I was like, I think I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And then the whole time I'm, like, driving the rest of the way. I did. I felt decent. Like, obviously, none of this, like, prevented me from, like, almost having to poo. But it, like, took me... It took me off the ledge. Gave me a step back, as as I would say, you know? Oh, just the worst. And as, like, I'm driving, I'm, like, getting into the home stretch past the final intersection. There's no more street lights. I'm, like, unplug... I have, like, a little USB radio adapter. I unplug that. Uncharge my phone. I get my... I have, like, some stuff that I would take in from my van, like my water bottles and stuff. 
I'm like trying to organize it so I'm like ready to like hop out with it. But there's like that moment. I'm like, yeah, there's no time to grab my water bottles. I literally have actually, yeah, <laughs> all my stuff's still in my van. And it was just like, yeah, totally like, I didn't even, I always, literally every day, I reverse park into my driveway. And as I'm like strategizing how fast I could get to the bathroom, it was like, okay, I'm just going to pull straight into the driveway. So like the first time ever, I just pulled straight in my driveway, parked it, ran. I don't, I don't even know if my keys are, I think they might be, I think the keys might be in the ignition of the van still. Or maybe they're in my jacket pocket. I don't even know. And I just bolted like straight into the bathroom and then uh, I made it. I was, yeah, I was so happy. I, I made it, but it was like, oh, it was such a close call. It was such a bummer. And then, yeah, I just felt terrible. And then, you know, whatever, you just poop and then you, you feel better. Everything that you were like, <laughs> you know, it's uncomfortable to be in that situation. And like, obviously the physical discomfort, but then I gave myself like anxiety. And I'm like panicking and I'm like heavy. I'm sweating. It's like I get out. I'm like fine. I just like calm down and like I had like uh what's that stuff called? Oh man, I'm totally losing it. When you get all excited, you got the uh, not endorphins. Endorphins. Oh man. Whatever. Adrenaline. That's the word I'm looking for. You have, like, an adrenaline dump after you make it home because you're, like, fighting it the whole way, like, hardcore. You have, like, an adrenaline dump. So then I I took my real dump and then I had an adrenaline dump and I just had to take a nap. So I laid down, took a nap, and now I feel like a whole new man. And anyways, I'm glad that is behind me. But that kind of leads into another thing I wanted to talk about was, like, <laughs> so one of these things that, I've been busy with in the last like few weeks specifically was like obviously like during COVID you lose touch or barely keep touch with a lot of people. And now that we're sort of in that, like, well, not sort of, we are in that like post COVID time. Like obviously it still exists. Frankly, my sister actually has COVID right now. <laughs> um, but like we're post COVID. So like I have to like start repairing some of these friendships that just kind of basically got neglected over the course of time. And that's like the one thing with this podcast. It's like if I sacrifice a day to get Dustin out, say on a Saturday and it's like, whatever, I have time to like do some grocery shopping and do like knock off some chores or whatever that I would normally do. But now it's like, that's a whole day. I can't hang out with anybody else. And it's like slowly I do have to reconnect with some of these people that, I ignored, <laughs> but anyways, I did go to, uh, uh, last weekend. I think it was last weekend. No, no, no. Last weekend. I went canoeing. The weekend before I went to my friend Dallas's, uh, hopefully I'm going to have him on the podcast. Actually. He's a big, um, he's a big traveler and actually he's currently in Arizona right now. And I would really like to get him on the podcast. So hopefully I'll be able to do that when he gets back from Arizona but he just bought a new place and he's got a rooftop deck. So we had this like little like party over there or whatever. And then I obviously I met, Oh, I reconnected with some of the people that I know. And then he had a bunch of other friends that, uh, 
substantially younger than me. <laughs> I did feel a little bit old there. But um, they were over, and this this one girl, I don't honestly I have no idea what her name is, but I do know she has a truck named Sarge, which uh, we kind of bonded over, the fact that an inanimate object has the same name as me. <laughs> it was kind of funny or whatever. But she had, like, just so much energy. She was, like, up dancing and just, like, having a good time. Like, I had a total stranger. I'd never met her before in my life. Anyways, we're just, like, upstairs on the rooftop deck with, like, two people I didn't know, one other friend, whatever. And then, funny enough, we're talking about uh, shitting our pants. Somehow came up. I have no idea how or why. And then, all of a sudden, we're all telling the stories of how we, you know, pooped ourselves or almost pooped ourselves. And it was embarrassing and all this stuff like that. <laughs> And it was just, it was funny because, like, I heard some, uh, a couple friends that I would, you know, you have friends that, oh, for Dustin, for example, there's no uh, taboos, like, with poop. Like, um, he's been through it, <laughs> the ringer, in regards to bowel movements. And then, like, myself, obviously, I'm not, I'm not that shy about talking about how I poop myself. But, you know, like, there's, like, some of your hot female friends that would absolutely never tell you how they shit themselves on vacation but we had a couple of those just like funny stories about these the people i never would have thought would tell you that they shit themselves we were just all like laugh and talk and whatever it's just hilarious but it's cool to get out and like see people again and then like meet strangers because that was like a thing during covid it's like i only hung out with the people i knew best and for the most part like i didn't really meet anybody new obviously i did meet my one buddy's got a new old girlfriend so she's got friends that i have met (laughs) that's been a hit and miss (laughs) in itself but yeah it's like the whole two years it's like i've only talked to the people that i know and then it was just cool to get out and like talk to random people and hear how they shit themselves in their living room one time (laughs) anyways that's probably enough shit talk. I do have a like a proper story of how I did shit myself, but I don't really want to talk about it right now because we have gone, I don't know, 14 minutes and 27 seconds, mostly just talking about the shitting, about shit, which is um, not good. <laughs> I don't think it's good. Anyway, well, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, we'll probably talk about poop again later. But I will start saying poop so it's more professional than shit. So, okay, the biggest reason, obviously, so like I have had to, my repairing of friendships, like I want to do have some sort of social life. Um, doing my canoeing, I've done two good canoe trips recently, which I'll talk about later. But I've also signed myself up for a hike on may 18th we leave and it is currently may 3rd i think so that's 15 days away i've committed myself to a four day potential five day hike like full-on backpacking hike like it's not gonna be too too crazy we're not doing the west coast trail or like a full-on like advanced backpacking but we're hiking like four days, self-supported. Everything's going to be in my backpack. 
And I'm like woefully underprepared for it. So I started this year when I was doing, I did so good for two months on my diet and diet and exercise. I was fucking killing it. And, and then I got on my birthday, February 24th, I got COVID or maybe just a cold. I don't really know, which is actually another reason why this has been like kind of difficult to put out some podcasts because I had to isolate then. And then afterwards, I was, like, in a major funk. And I was, like, starting to believe that I had long COVID. Which is kind of crazy because I'm actually... I have no idea if I actually had COVID. And I I tend to believe I didn't. But I don't know. Anyways, so I got sick on February 24th. And then I basically never, ever worked out again. Which was now... That's over two months ago. <laughs> and I, I was sick for fucking 10 days with COVID. But I really didn't want to push myself. Because if I did have COVID, I was scared I was going to like have a heart attack or something. Because like, at the end of the day, I am fat and out of shape. And COVID does do whatever you believe about COVID or the vaccine. But it does have like cardiovascular implications. And the last thing I wanted to do is fucking have a heart attack or whatever. Not be able to breathe because I was trying to push out my COVID or push it with my COVID. So, anyways, I got into a total funk and I haven't worked out since. And then, yeah, then my buddy was like, well, originally he couldn't do it because he said, well, I'm going to be working. Actually, you might recognize my buddy because he was on, I think, maybe episode three of this podcast. His name was Jesse. He talked about fish. That was actually a pretty good episode. So, you should actually check it out. But he is going to go work up in the Yukon. But for a while, he wanted to do a trip. Probably all started because of that podcast. But he wanted to do like a proper trip. Do something badass. And then and then it, he's like, oh, I, I can't. I have, I'm going to have a job. I don't really know the details. I don't know what this job is going to be. But I'm almost certainly going to have a job. So I can't do anything after May. And it's like, well, this just isn't going to work out. So fuck it. So we pretty much just, you know, decided like nothing was going to happen. And then, like I said, I got my COVID. The idea kind of fell off. And then I just lost interest in one, working out and two, like planning for this trip. But then he messaged me like a month and a half later, which is like three weeks ago. And he's like, hey, man, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to the Yukon. I actually have until whatever, until the beginning of June, June 12th. I'll just make up a date that I'm going to be here. I need a few, few days before that. So it's like, whatever, looking at the calendar, it's like, okay, well, if we do this, I can take just before the May long weekend. These are the days I can take off. And if if I'm taking these days off, we have to go do something cool. So we decided to decide to do Cape Scott. So now within short notice, I have to one, get physically prepared to do this hike which i've already decided that ship has sailed um i'm just i'm going in i'm i'm gonna be underprepared physically like i'm out of shape and in two weeks i'm i'm not gonna be in good shape and i would like to work out i've liked to work out all week but i haven't monday tuesday today is wednesday no today's only tuesday so well, I did go canoeing, but Sunday I didn't work out. Monday I didn't work out. Obviously, I'm not working out today because I'm doing a podcast talking about how I shit myself or 
almost shit myself. Anyway, so now it's like tomorrow will be the start of 14 days. And 100%, the most important thing is I cannot injure myself. Because, like, the meathead in me is like, okay, I'm going to wake up and do 14 days as hard as I can, two a days. But it's like, okay, worst, worst thing I can do now is not be under in out of shape, is not to be out of shape, is to be injured. That's like way worse. So I was like, I'd rather be out of shape. Cause like this hike is, I don't really want to use the word easy because that's not the case. And I think it's gonna be slippery and muddy, especially considering we're going mid, mid May. It's going to be, it's going to be muddy. It's on the North coast of Vancouver Island. That's far North. And as far west as you can get to on Vancouver Island. And I just, it's going to be, it's going to be rainy. But there's going to be like mud and there's like boardwalks where it's all like, um, yeah, there's just like wood laid down. Which obviously wood gets very wet when it's wet. Wait, wood gets very slippery when it's wet and muddy. So, but anyway, but there's no like major elevation, which is like my biggest thing. Because as a fat guy. Especially when you got a backpack that's probably weigh like 50 plus pounds. As soon as you're going up elevation is a fucking nightmare. Like you're going to walk flat all day. But as soon as you're going up elevation, that's where the extra weight fucking hits you. So this trail doesn't have a huge amount of elevation. Which is like, it's frankly my saving grace. So physically... I'm going to be underprepared, but I've had to do like a lot of planning, research, planning, and like getting my gear ready to go. Like there's a couple things I had to buy and I still have to, I got to like plan my food and situation, stuff like that. And then also with Jesse, he's never like done. He, I say he's never done stuff like that. He's actually done like an 18 day trek in Nepal which is actually longer than any like backpacking trip I've ever done. But he stayed in like tree huts in monasteries or whatever. So he didn't, he, I think he, well, not, I think he did carry a backpack with like a bunch of gear in it, but he didn't carry the tent or whatever. And he wasn't like fully self-supported. Like, I think there was probably water available and all that stuff. So it's like this one. I'm saying I'm sort of responsible to a certain degree for the whole group, even though we're all adults. But I'm responsible for, like, the group and then specifically for him and then obviously for myself. It's just, like, a lot. And so, like, the last few days, like, anytime I've had, like, downtime, it's, like, it's not really downtime. I have a lot, a lot in my head that's, like, rambling around, trying to plan for this hike, thinking about what to buy. Yeah, brainstorming ideas. Like, oh, if we go this day, we can do this. But it's, like, do we do that? I got to buy a map. Where do I buy a map? Okay, well, it's like the more map leads, like, oh, well, that changes. Because there's one, one of these campsites on the map. It's like, it says you could see gray whales all year round, potentially. So it's like, oh, okay, no, well, now I've done more research. That kind of changes the plan of, like, what we're actually going to do. Anyways, so it's just been a lot in the last, like, few while. So, anyways, these are, this is a whole podcast. It's just making excuses. Of why I haven't done a lot of podcasting. But other than the fact that I'm woefully underprepared physically for this hike. I'm actually quite excited. 
Um, this we're doing Cape. I don't know if I said that we're doing Cape Scott Provincial Park, which is on the northwest coast of Vancouver Island. There's a lighthouse at the Cape Cod Lighthouse. It's like a lighthouse, and it's got like some outbuildings and stuff. It's like uh, I think there's like a big old weather station and shit there. Um, which I so this place I've actually been to. But the north, the most north, no, the most western point on Vancouver Island is like right by this lighthouse. So, like I said, it's as north and as west as you can get on Vancouver Island. It's like the tip. That's why the lighthouse is there, and that's why it's like actually an important weather station because it is the the northwest tip of the island. Like it's uh. You know, strategically, I guess, kind of an important spot. So we're going to, yeah, hike up there. And I was there back in, fuck, maybe eight or ten years ago. We did the North Coast Trail. So the North Coast Trail starts, um, I think it's like a 50-kilometer trail. And it starts a lot more east. You have to get like a river, not a river, it's a boat, but... In the ocean, uh, the Cape Scott water taxi. <laughs> you had to get a boat to take you to the trailhead, and then the, the that the North Coast Trail. You trek along the north coast of Vancouver Island, and then eventually it connects with Cape Scott Provincial Park. So I've done the whole North Coast Trail before. This is when I was in like my, I was literally in the prime condition of my life. I was training to run a half marathon. Which I never ended up doing because I fucking, oh, did I hurt my back so bad doing squats. Total meathead move. But anyways, I was in the best shape of my life. And this, that trip, the North Coast Trail, I actually, I got separated from our group. And I just basically, whatever, it's a long story and I'll actually, I will probably get into it, um. Not on this podcast, but I'll probably talk about it fully. <laughs> but I basically, because I, I was in such good shape, my buddy, he he had like major blisters and whatever. From the first day, like trying to keep up with me. This is what, I, in my opinion, he was trying to keep up with me too hard. But he, he should have slowed down and fucking tended to his feet and his other issues. Anyways, he didn't. So the next day, he's struggling bad. But I, I fucking, I don't give a fuck, man. I'm prime condition i'm ready to go so we're like closing in we had to stop for like this our where we're camping was away from our water source so we're gonna stop and get water and then head to camp there's three of us so that was the plan so we stop at the water we're smoking a joint we're getting water we're hanging out and like to get water you have to like filter all this water it takes some time it's not just Let's just fill up our water and go. Like, it's it's a bit of a time. So, we're sitting there. As we're sitting there, we're waiting. My dad and his other buddy. So, there's five people on this trip total. There's a group of three. And then there's the two behind. So, the two come up to us and they're just fucking exhausted. And they're like, dude, we ain't stopping for water. I have some water. And if we need more water later, we'll come back and get it. But I just want to fucking go. Get to camp fucking take his backpack off i'm fucking beat so that was their plan so they rushed ahead of us i say rush they were 
they just went ahead of us. And we stopped to continue getting water, hanging out, chilling. So anyways, we got we got done. Smoked, like I said, smoked a joint. And we finally get going again. And this is now like, we're maybe 15 minutes behind the group. The group of two that just went ahead of us. Yeah, maybe 15, but maybe even 10. So anyways, we start heading out as group of three. And then it's clear my buddy's like struggling. It's like, ah, oh, dude, you're going so fucking slow. This is like unbearable. And then I get the bright idea. I knew we were close to camp. Because they're like, oh, it's just 10 minutes up ahead. 10 minutes up ahead. They kept saying that. We said that all day. Just 10 minutes ahead. And it never was. But it's just right up there. 10 minutes away. I'm like, dude, I'm going to rush ahead. And I'll throw my pack down at the beach. And then I'll come back. And I'll grab your pack. And carry it the rest of the way. So you don't have to carry a pack. So you can just like limp home. Limp to the campsite. Without having to worry about carrying the weight. Because he's struggling. And again, I was... Best shape of my life. Totally fine. So that's what we decide to do. So now we have a group of two in front. A group of two included the uh, injured guy. And then there's a group of one, which was me. And this is the this is the second fatal... I say fatal. Nobody died. But that was the second fatal flaw in this plan here. You should never split up any lower than a group of two it doesn't matter how slow one guy is like you always got to stay together in at least groups of two but we had a group of two group of two group of one so i was one so i fucking put my head down and just started going because i'm trying to go as fast as i can so i go grab my back my buddy's backpack so i just start marching and i'm fucking motoring go as fast as i fucking can and then i guess i missed a turn off. So like there's like a, the main trail. Which was very obvious. Um, there's no way you can get lost. It's just a main trail. And then there's like a few little side trails. That take you down to the beach. And I knew the people in front of me. Were going down to the next beach. Because that was the plan. It was the campsite. I've never haven't been to the campsite. But I know it was the next beach. But I guess in all my haste of just, I put my head down and just fucking powered it out. I missed the first trail, side trail to the beach of the campsite. So that was that was the biggest mistake right there is I missed a trail. And then I just, so then I kept walking. Cause I, so I, I just kept walking. I didn't see that trail. And then I kept checking trail after trail. So I'm like two trails, three trails. I kept checking. It's like none of them, they weren't at any of these beaches. And in my head, I'm like, fuck, there's no way they, these guys must still be ahead. I was like, these guys must still be ahead of me because I haven't passed anybody. And I'm, I'm moving fast or so I think. But then I'm like, that's weird. And then I'm starting to like, in my brain, this isn't fully like computing. And then I'm like, whatever, they must be at the next one. So I'd keep going. But at this point, I'm like, realistically, I'm probably speeding up. Every time I'm checking a beach that they're not at, I am speeding up. And then at this point, I have, I've checked like four, four like little offshoot trail beaches. And they're not there. And at that point, I'm like, 
I have this like internal like I look at the time. I'm like, well, I don't really know what time I left everybody, so I don't know how long I've been walking. And in my head, I'm like, well, maybe it actually hasn't been that long. And these guys are at least 15 minutes ahead of me. And if you're 15 minutes ahead of me and you're walking, and I'm walking probably faster, but not that much faster, it might take a while to catch up. So I just fucking put my head down and kept motoring forward, motoring forward, checking all these beaches. And then I got to like that point where it's like I finally did like figure out how low it's like. Dude, I've been gone at least an I've been gone an hour since I realized what time it was, or I've been whatever something like that. And then I kind of realized like I'm almost certainly I must have just missed these guys. There's no way I don't know how I missed them, but there's no way these guys are still ahead of me. It just seemed kind of like illogical. But then deep down, I'm like, I, I was in like denial. It's like I didn't want to fully believe that I was ahead of him. Like it didn't fully make sense to me. But at that point, I had like that moment of realization. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like I'm probably screwed up. But I am now by myself on the North Coast Trail, totally by myself, exposed. I have, I'm fully equipped. I have all, everything in my backpack except for a tent. And it's like, I'm, I'm by myself out here. I now am, it's like, it sounds dumb, but it's like, I, I'm in survival mode now. I realize that I am now lost. I'm not lost because I was, like I said, the trail is very easy to follow. Like there's no way you can get lost, lost. But I was now separated from my group. And I had to do what was in my best interest. And then, like I said, deep down, I still kind of did have this belief that they were somehow still in front of me because like all day we kept thinking it was going to be like the next beach, the next beach, the next beach. And then it never was. So it's like, I did have this like, den- and now like in hindsight, it was totally just like denial. I didn't want to fully believe that I was <laughs> obviously ahead of them, but I still had like in the back of my head, I'm like, they must still be ahead of me. They must have just went way faster than I imagined. But anyways, like I said, it. I'm doing, now I'm making these decisions for myself, for my own safety, being by myself in the woods. So it's like, I, well, I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to have a snack here. I don't know how long I'm going to go, but I'm just going to keep going until we hit the next beach. Because we're going, like, we got Camp A, Camp B, Camp C, Camp D, Camp E, all laid out in order. So it's like we're at going to camp B for the night. But now I'm in between camp B and C by myself. It's like, well, fuck it. My best solution is I'm just going to go keep going ahead. And maybe I'll catch up to him. Worst case scenario is I'm ahead of them. And they'll just come meet me there tomorrow. At the beginning, like first, like at first light, they'll come find me in the morning. And I, I think in the this is a long time ago now. I feel like in the distance I could see the by the time I realized like the situation of me like clearly as ahead of them, I could see the smoke and the fire rising from a fire out in the out in the distance. So I had that like realization that I was probably closer to the next campsite than I was to them. So, like I said, I'm now in survival self-preservation. What was the best thing for me to do 
was just to keep fucking going to the next campsite. So I did. I saw Bear. I was, like, so exhausted. I'm like, oh, I gotta have a snack here before I can fucking make my final push. Because mentally it was kind of, like, tiring. <laughs> Along with physically tiring. I did two days worth of hiking in one day. But, um... Oh, yeah, so I, I'm like, oh, I gotta have a snack here. And then I turn the corner, and it's like, oh, there's a fucking bear. So I'm now by myself. It's the first time I've ever seen a bear, like, fully by myself. I'm, like, totally exposed. The only person on this huge beach with a bear. I'm fucking exhausted. I'm, like, scared. And it's like, fuck, I can't even have a snack. So I I finally, I bent my pole. I have, like, trekking poles. I bent my pole trying to, uh... <laughs> Trying to uh, make noise to scare the way of the bear. And eventually, like, whatever, I got past the bear. Finally had a snack. And then at that point, I was like, I could clearly see, like, the fire in the distance. And I'm like, oh, I'm not that not that far from camp, the new camp. So, whatever. So, I finish up the hike. And I get there, and it's like, hey, what are the odds an old guy and, his, uh, and a younger friend came by recently? They're like, no, you haven't seen anybody. You're the first guy to come. It's like, fuck. That was when I obviously 100% knew I was uh, I was ahead of everybody. <laughs> and it's like, fuck. I totally fucked up. And I was like, annoyed. I was annoyed with myself. And it was, it was all just like, <laughs> this is all could have easily been avoided. But it's like, I was so, I was in such good shape at the time. My buddy was struggling. I was like, oh, I'll play hero. And I'll rush ahead to carry your backpack. It's like, now we're in a situation that we're in. It's like, fuck, I could, we could have just easily, it didn't matter how slow we fucking go. We should have just fucking dragged your ass to the next campsite and figured it out from there. Anyways, whatever. So I set up camp. I have everything, literally everything except for a tent. Is that what I had? Because me and my buddy, we split up the tent. I think I had tent poles. And he had, like, the tent. Because we were trying to, like, split it up to save weight. And I have, like, all my food, all my stove, all that stuff. So I'm, like, totally fine. And in my head, I was like, whatever. Like, this is obviously bad. I'm separated from my group. And they don't know where I am. But in my head, I'm like, they must... They must figure out that I'm good. You know? To not cause total alarm it's like they must have to me it's like it was fairly obvious what had happened and i think they should have been able to figure out and then either then set off like you know before you panic and (laughs) use your satellite phone to dial search and rescue um they should have kind of like at least went to the next camp because to me, it was so obvious that what had most likely happened was I had passed them. And then I just never came back. Which makes a lot of sense. If you think about it in my position. It's like, yeah, I walked, I went too far. It's like, well, fuck, I'm not walking back. Just wait there. They'll come. They, I knew exactly what they're doing. Come at first, either that night. Just fucking pack up and go. Or, um, or at first light in the morning, you fucking hustle to the next camp as soon, as fast as you can go. And if you can't find me then, that's when you alert authorities. 
Because to me, it was like, I don't know. It just seemed like kind of, in the, and obviously I was a part of it. So it's like, you know, it made sense in my head. But then in hindsight, like, I don't know, maybe it wasn't as obvious. And now I'm trying to realize after this experience how critical it is to, like, make a plan. So anyways, they fucking full-on panic. And I, I don't know. I still It still bothers me that they panicked as much as they did. <laughs> but it, to be fair, it was my dad, and my mom would have killed him if I was lost. So my dad uses a satellite phone to phone for search and rescue. But this is 10 years ago, so satellite phone technology is, like, not as good. And then they phone, and then they, like, try to get a hold of it, trying to find out who's on the group, whatever. Launch a full-scale search and rescue. So, ah, oh, fuck, dude. So, okay, so that night, I don't have a tent. So I just rigged up. Uh, I have, like, a, I had a silt tarp, which is, like, a lightweight tarp and rope. So I just rigged up on the tent pads that are there. I just rigged up, like, a tarp shelter. And, like, put out all my gear. Like, I, I had a, a fucking great night. Like, I was totally fine. Like, totally fine. <laughs> and then, so the next morning, I, I'm, like, I was kind of, like, mentally exhausted. So, I, like, set up. <laughs> I had all my, like, <laughs> weed paraphernalia up. And I'm, like, okay, well, I'm going to wake up. And I'm going to, like, wake and bake. Fucking make a breakfast. And wait on the beach for these guys to show up. And kind of laugh it off, right? But then in, in reality, so the next thing, so I go to bed, everything's all like said, laid out for my next day. And then I wake up, I hear this helicopter. And I'm like fucking super groggy, like just waking up. And then here's helicopter. It's like, oh, whatever. It's a helicopter. It's no big deal. It's probably a tourist or whatever. Um, we're pretty remote, so it's like, if you wanted to like get quick access, the only way in would be to helicopter. So it didn't seem that unusual. And there would be tourists in the area. Like it didn't seem that surprising. But then it's like they were going so slow and hovering and they just kept sticking around. And I had that moment where I was like, fuck, I need to go find out if that helicopter is looking for me. So, again, like, I, I guess, too, when I heard it, I was, like, in denial that they would have fucking panicked and sent a helicopter. So, I eventually I hop out of bed. And then, um, so, the campsite, there's, like, a big, huge, wide-open beach. And then right off the beach, in the woods, like, just off the beach, there's, like, a camp, like, a designated campsite. It's got tent pads, um... I'll say an outhouse, a bear cache. Like, it's a full-on developed campsite. It's on the map. It's a fucking campsite. So I'm up in this campsite, and I hear the helicopter just, like, finally, like, by the time I, like, get out, I'm like, I think the helicopter's leaving. So I, like, finally kind of, like, I don't want to say I ran, but it's like, I shuffled quickly onto the beach, and then I seen two guys, I'm like, hey, like, yell at him. It's like, hey. Are you guys, uh, yeah, maybe at this point it's like, oh, they're wearing like yellow reflective jackets. It's like, fuck, I think these guys are search and rescue. And I, whatever, I yell at them, make contact. They're like, hey, are you, uh, I'm like, what's going on? They're like, oh, we're looking for somebody. They're like, have you seen, have you, whatever, have you, uh, whatever. They asked me if my name was Jason Sargent, which is not my name. My name is Jordan Sargent. But, they were so they were like literally looking for the wrong name because of the poor satellite communication method we had. 
But they weren't even going to look in the campsite that I was at. They got dropped off on the beach. And then they started hiking. About to start hiking. Backwards to on the trail. The one that I had walked the previous day. They weren't even going to look in the campsite for me. Which still to this day absolutely bothers the hell out of me. How they didn't check the campsite before doing anything. Because to me it makes so much sense that if I was separated from my group. That I, because I, like to me it was pretty obvious that I had walked past them. Considering what the situation at the beginning. It's like I must have just missed the beach. Like that was clearly the scenario. And then for whatever reason... I just didn't, whether it was injury, animal attack, or just whatever, I just kept walking. That's I just never went back. That was, to me, like, it's pretty obvious. So it's like, check the campsite, and then hike back, because I'm somewhere between that campsite and this campsite. Anyway, so I go, and then they're over there kind of laughing or whatever. They're like, oh, we found me or whatever. Hell, God, is all foggy, so they end up, like, hanging out for a while with just me. Totally ruined my little wake and bake session, because I was like, oh, I don't want to be... I don't want to be disrespectful to these guys. They're volunteers. They flew into, frankly, to save my life. That was never in danger. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So I couldn't just do that in front of them. And I'm, I'm literally giving these guys trail mix because they, like, were underprepared <laughs> in my eyes. So we're just sitting there eating trail mix, telling the story. And it's like, when I tell a story to them, they're like, oh, they understand, like, what, what happened and, like, what I did, <laughs> you know? And then, um, anyways, by the time they had, cause it was foggy, so the helicopter couldn't fly. So, anyways, long story, eventually, my dad and his two buddies hiked up to whatever. I think maybe the helicopter made contact with them. And then they're, they're going to hike, because it's like, oh, that was the plan. They're going to hike to the campsite, because now I know I'm safe. And then my buddy, the one that was struggling with uh, blisters and uh, injuries... He ends up getting picked up in the search and rescue helicopter and they bring him to me as like, um, comfort <laughs> to make, to make me more comfortable, I guess, or whatever. But actually I ended up kind of being a godsend to him because he was beat up after that day. This whole thing happened is a hundred percent his fault. But he was so beat up after day, so he like needed that helicopter. Cause then we helicoptered to that campsite. Then we hiked to the next campsite. This is done the next day. And then we just we set up shop at that that the next campsite. Uh for like a rest day where we all as a group hiked to the Cape Scott lighthouse and then uh and back, but he just stayed there to like recover. So he actually got like one free day. He only had to hike the one more day before he had a full-on rest day. So it, it ended up being like kind of a, a godsend for him to get the helicopter. <laughs> but this whole thing was just so crazy. And then that was... So anyways, that's my experience doing the North Coast Trail. So Cape Scott is like the ending of the North Coast Trail. So I'm excited to get back to... I don't want to say right the wrong because it's not really even true because... To right the wrong, I'm going to have to do the North Coast Trail again. Which will probably happen, but it's not going to happen this time. But it would be nice to be in that area where I can enjoy it. Enjoy it more. 
Because after that, like, we were all pretty fucking mentally exhausted. So, like, we all enjoyed the rest of the trip. But it was, like, forever kind of tainted. That's one of those trips when you get to the end, you realize, like, you've only been gone for seven days. But it feels like you've been gone for a month. Because, <laughs> like, so much has happened. And it was just kind of a lot. But, anyways. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked to go, except for the fact that I'm out of shape as shit. So, but uh, being go- apparently being in shape gets you into problems. Problems that being out of shape isn't going to get you into. So that's my theory, at least. So, anyways, um, I feel like that was that whole story was kind of sidetracked from what I was actually going to talk about. But yeah, yeah. So the it's Cape Scott Lighthouse. This lighthouse is like famous. You look it up. Everyone's talking about the lighthouse. The lighthouse. The lighthouse is, like, the worst part about it. It's, like, so when you hear, like, there's, like, a, a lighthouse in this provincial park, you kind of picture, like, something kind of, like, glamorous, like, old-timey, like, really interesting-looking. And then it's, like, in reality, it's, like, it's, it's like this crappy, kind of, like, industrial-looking lighthouse with, like, regular old house outbuildings. <laughs> so, anyways, we might not even go there. But in all this uh, getting ready for, getting ready for this stuff, I also I've done two canoe trips recently. I did the Sumas River, that was like a kind of just a day paddle, not kind of it. What literally was a day paddle, on uh, I think it was Easter weekend. And then I did I did like a, a fucking, well I did the, it's called the Indian Arm to Granite Falls from, from Deep Cove to Granite Falls. I did that as like an overnighter and that was kind of like a practice to like get my gear out, kind of do like an inventory, what I need, make sure my stove works, make sure my tent is waterproof, which I found out my tent is like not even waterproof. So I have like a $550 tent and I realized it's now seven years old, but the waterproof taping on all the seams has like failed. It's like peeling, not well, it's, it's flaking off. It's like, it looks terrible. So I do this like practice camp before I, before in th- two and a half weeks, I'm going to do the North Coast Trail. So in my head, I'm like stressing to be like prepared. And then I do this thing. I wake up. It's like, I didn't put up a tarp or anything because I knew it was going to rain, but it was like, I knew it was going to like slightly rain. It wasn't that big of a deal. So I put up no tarp and just go tent under a under a tree but like a little shitty tree that wasn't going to keep the rain off anyways i wake up i got fucking water in my tent it's like clearly not waterproof and it's like oh my god now i i realize like what the problem is is just the the seam taping but it's like now i'm already in this like mental mad rush to get everything ready to go to do cape scott and I was like, fuck, I have to re-seam seal my entire tent. So, I just had to add that list. And it's like, I know it's going to take me all day. Because so I'm going to have to pick off every piece of flaking off seam seal on that tent. And to pick every one of those fucking pieces off. Clean it. And then re-seam seal it. And it's going to take all day. So, I've already mentally penciled in for Sunday. I got a little shindig on Saturday. 
a taco party. But Sunday, I've already penciled in all day. I'm going to be fixing my tent. But I'm like so glad I did this little canoe trip. Because I'm so glad. Because it's May 18th, 21 or whatever. On the northwest tip of Vancouver Island. There's like a good chance we're going to get rain. I think there's a pretty good chance we're getting enough rain. That going out there with a tent wholly not suited for it was going to be a disaster. So I'm like super glad that I did the Indian arm. But anyways, it just shows you all the things that I've been fucking doing and been busy with. And it's, a lot of it too is like I don't even think it's busy. It's just mentally busy. And one of the things like during COVID, there was nothing to do. I had nothing to do. You know, that was that was it. I could do whatever I wanted because I didn't have, like, gathering here. I had no, like, time crunches ever. Now, all of a sudden, I'm, like, stressed out from, like, five different angles. And it's, like, pretty overwhelming. And it's, like, you know, sometimes you got to like, catch your breath. And that's sort of what this podcast is about. It's catching my breath and getting ready to do some things. Anyways, Indian Arm. So that was my little test canoe. Which is the second canoe trip I've done in the uh, last two, three weeks here. So the first one I did the Sumas River. And I I just kind of put in, canoe down the river towards the border of Abbotsford. Or towards the U.S. border. So Sumas River goes from the Barrowtown pump station up uh, in Abbotsford. Which is the pump station that almost failed during the flooding. I talked a lot about the flooding on uh, the first episode of this podcast. Dustin, so Barrowtown Pump Station, the river meanders down through like the dikes of Abbotsford all the way there, and then it crosses under the Highway One, which is kind of a trip actually to canoe under it, and then it meanders all the way to the U.S. border, and then it continues on into America, but I just kind of put in and canoe down south towards the border. So I put in just north of the um, Highway 1. <clears throat> so I canoed under. The, I made a video about this on my Sergeant Incorporated YouTube channel. And for me, like, I was super into this. Um, and I kind of think it's, if you're interested in, like, the flooding and, you know, it's just, to me, that that, that was the river that flooded out. Abbotsford. It's just interesting to, like, see it from that perspective so i cross under under the um highway one and i'm eight feet below the highway or something like that i obviously i didn't measure it but just sitting there like looking up and as you're crossing underneath you can see the wood debris that's like stuck underneath so it's like i think it's got like eye beams or whatever so up under the bridge there's like the flat part of the eye so you can get stuff hooked up under there. So there's like a bunch of driftwood, like a pallet up there. And then on the outside, there's like a like a ten foot long log that somehow got lodged up there. And it's like it's crazy because it's literally eight feet above my head, this wood. And I'm on the water. And yeah, I know that the water had to have been high enough to lodge that wood in that bridge. 
at least during the time of the flooding and maybe even multiple times. But it was just, honestly, it was kind of surreal to see it from that angle. And that was the bridge, like, they had the, uh, the, they built a tiger dam, which is like a big rubber hose filled with water. <laughs> yeah. They built it across that, like, literally at the section. The sandbags are all still there. Um, yeah, they built a tiger dam at that point because that was the water that was flooding the freeway. So they built the highway, or built the tiger dam across the freeway. Yeah, it was just, for some, like I said, Abbotsford's like my hometown. And to experience like the flooding and then to go experience it from the eyes of the river, it was just so surreal seeing how high it was. That was like, that honestly, that was like the the biggest point of that trip was to see that spot. But as I continued down towards the border, I didn't go all the way. I just met, meandered like five or six K down. I found this like old... So under a tree, there's like a little bank of the river, uh, really muddy banks. Anyways, I've seen like this metal container. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I got closer. I was like, I think that's like an old, it looks like an old, like some sort of farm bucket. And then, so I, I hopped out of my canoe, reached up under there and I pulled it out. It was like, it looks like it says like Zed Martin in like paint, but it's like this rusty old, I think it's a milk um, like a milk bucket. I think it's an old school milk bucket. So I rescued it and I was like, this thing is fucking rad. So it's like, that's my memorabilia from the flood. And so I rescued that and then I continued down a ways until it kind of got very narrow and it got to the point where it was like, it's just easier for me to turn back. Cause I actually, I wanted to go all the way to Barrowtown for the purpose of my video. I actually never ended up making it, but I was like, well, this is good enough to see down. I flew my drone over all the fields to see um, see how they were recovering. And honestly, when you're down there, like, you can hardly tell, looking at the fields, that there was a lot of damage done to them. They all look like they're all recovering fine. So I canoed down. And you, there's a couple spots where you can really see the erosion on the banks of the... I say it's a dike, but it's just like an earthen berm in the middle of like farm fields. That's like raised. It's like a dike, but it's not like a dike dike, you know, like if I'm what we're going to talk about, but the other side, there's like proper dike. This is just like earthen hill with plants on it. You can see like major corners of the river where it's just all eroded and there's no like grass on the front. And it's like, just, it's going to, I say it's ripe for failure. So next time when the water gets high, like maybe spring, melt season which will be coming up soon here there might be more erosion or whatever but anyways it was just really interesting to go down there and i saw a lot of hay bales there's like probably like a dozen hay bales down there anyway so i worked my way back up and headed past under the freeway again head up towards the barrowtown pump station and at that point um you cross under, there's a, a bridge. I think it's called like the Lake, oh, fucking Lakeshore. I don't know what road it was. But you could see like the old bridge got wiped out. So as I knew, there's literally a, a big old piece of the old bridge in the water. Like I literally tapped it with my paddle as I canoed by it. Um, 
but when you look at the bridge, there's like the old footings of the bridge where it's got like a guardrail, like a white, a white fence guardrail. And then there's the new bridge built like eight feet higher, six feet higher on cement blocks. Just like a big old bridge built on top of the old bridge to re to raise it up. So now it's no longer in flood damage. And then that section, you could just see there was like, uh, there's more hay bales, but there you just see the more damage done to like the dikes. And this is where there's like proper dikes, but you could see where the dike like failed. And some, some trees and stuff had fallen into the water. And then, as I continued further up, there's a, there's a section of dike that totally failed. So you can see, like, there's a... All the dike has been, like, reinforced and added, like, two feet higher. But then there's just, just one section, probably, I don't know, 100 feet long. Or something. That was... You could see it, it had totally failed. It was a totally brand new section of dike. And it was really interesting to see it in real life. Again, from like the perspective of the river. And then uh, you could see where, like obviously where it had failed. And you could see the damage on the outflow. So like the river is on the left hand side. But the outflow where the dam broke, you could see the water would have rushed over there. And that field that it rushed into was still like fucked up. There's like all sorts of like sediment in there and like a, a bit of a channel like carved into it. It was just crazy to see it like in real life, because all this flooding was like devastating at the time, and then whatever, and then it just it was over. And most people, the vast majority of people in Amsterdam, have totally moved on. Don't even think about it. So it's just cool to go out and explore it. And then that dike, you can ride your bike on it, and stuff like that but i feel like most people are just out there they aren't really thinking about it but it's like that's kind of badass you're on the dike that dike broke and catastrophically flooded your hometown and you're riding over it all willy-nilly but anyways it's very interesting to see and then i continued further up that river and there was actually a um fuck i don't even know how to start but on the left hand side you can actually see it from the freeway but there was like a huge, there's like two big landslides like right next to each other up in like the woods. And there's like a big farm and like literally right behind it on the mountainside. There's like a huge, it must have been a creek to start. And there two are two creeks. There's just these huge landslides. And I flew my drone over and it's like, I, I don't know if they used to be some sort of quarry there. Or if it was all just from the flood like landslide damage but it was crazy to see like yeah like like it like literally ripped out trees and channels and pulled down so much land and it was like that was like the biggest like eye-opener spot was the uh the landslides at the end and that's kind of where i ended my video but it was just if ever you're like for oh well, so for me like this trip was like it's all for me but it was just kind of interesting to see the damage that mother nature can do like don't forget the fucking power that mother nature has because i went out on a super casual trip on a very slow moving 
river. It meandered down to like a creek essentially at the end where, where I turned around. It's like a little creek, you know, it's narrow, narrow, like wide enough for a canoe, but that's about it, you know? And it was deep enough, but and that little creek river literally flooded, flooded Abbotsford. It almost filled up the CMS Prairie into a lake. It brought down the mountainside. It washed away a bridge that you never would even think was in danger. It was so far over my head, but it, it got totally wiped out, totally washed away. And yeah, then just the landslides. It was like, wow, like the power of nature. Just a little bit of water. It was a lot of water. It was fucking rainy as shit that day. They're probably the rainiest day I've ever seen in my life. Not probably. I, I think statistically was. And it was just crazy to see how much power, how much power nature has. It was just really hit home. It was a very fulfilling canoe trip. I was so glad that I did it. But actually, I kind of wish that I went like, part of this was like kind of a fact-finding mission. Because I kind of would like to canoe the entire length of the Seamouse River. And now that I've canoed it, I've seen what it's like. Um, and I think it's doable. And I kind of would like to go, if the easiest way, it'd be very easy for me to canoe from the border to Barrowtown. Um, and I might do it. I might even do that on like the one year anniversary of the flooding. That might be a kind of a cool little trip. Do a little stealth camp somewhere. Yeah. Now that I'm saying this out loud, I think that might be a thing. But it would also kind of be sweet to go into the States and pick up the Sumas River where like where the where it starts. So I, I looked it up on my map. And there's this creek, Swift Creek, I think it's called, which I think is like a twenty five minute drive or whatever that's worth from here. And then you could hop on the very beginning of the Sumas River where the creek meets the river. And flow all the way up to Barrowtown. You probably have to portage around Barrowtown. And then you could, where they pump, so Barrowtown pumps the water out of the Seamass River into the Fraser River, essentially. So, so I could theoretically follow the path from the headwaters of the Seamass River, well, from America all the way into Canada. Have to figure out how to cross the border properly to Barrowtown and then follow the route that that water goes into the Fraser River. And I could probably even canoe back to the Abbey Mission Bridge or something like that. Which would actually be a pretty sweet little trip. But again, I'd figure how, it would, I would have to figure out how to cross the river. So I might just go border to the Mission Bridge one day. Anyway, so I'm thinking about this as I'm going. I'm making notes in my notebook here. <laughs> anyway, so that was like the first of my canoe trip. Which again, that takes... By the time you canoe, I canoed seven hours that day. And then I made a video the next day. Or maybe it took a day and a half. Which was like six hours worth of editing. Because it's like editing, you got to watch all this footage. Piece it all together. And then you got to like write up a... You know, write up a nice dialogue about it. A description about it to post on YouTube. Make a thumbnail. It's like, man, by the time you're done, that was like two full days of work just to go canoe and put it on YouTube. 
to get 112 views. <laughs> so go on Sarge Incorporated YouTube and watch that video. Anyway, so that was the Sumas River. And anyway, so I'll talk about my final canoe trip here. And then I'll probably just end this episode unless I get another tangent to think of. But I canoed. What day is it today? Tuesday? So I had Friday off. My boss offered me Friday off on like, I say short notice, but it wasn't really that short. It was like, I don't know, maybe it's Wednesday. Um, he asked me if I wanted to have Friday off. And I was like, yes. And I knew if I'm taking a Friday off, I have to do an adventure for my YouTube channel. Period. End of story. Like, I want to use, I, I want to put as much effort into that as I possibly can. So it's like Friday off, I have to go. So I was like humming on what I wanted to do. I'd take the van out, do whatever. But I have no dog. My sister's home looking after her dog. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go canoe the Indian arm. So the Indian arm is in, uh, it's a, I don't know what the fuck's it called. It's a fjord. It's a fjord, and it's uh, I I drive to uh, North Vancouver. It's called Deep Cove, and you go from Deep Cove up the Indian Arm, and then on the right hand side of it, there's like a big old peninsula, which is like Belcara, which is like um, I guess it's like a municipality of I guess it's like Port Coquitlam, so that's the area. I'm like. North Van, Port Coquitlam, and then there's this fjord that goes 20 kilometers up. And it's like a pretty sweet paddle. And it's all salt water because technically it's part of the Burrard Inlet. And then it goes up into the arm. So it's all salt water, which I like almost never paddle in salt water. Frankly, the only time, other time I've paddled in salt water has been the other times that I've canoed the Indian Arm, which has now been... I think three times in my life. So it was pretty sweet to get out and to to experience like the ocean biodiversity or whatever, right? Like I saw, um, I probably saw like a dozen seals, which is like I just don't see seals very often. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. I think I've seen some in rivers. That's probably a thing. Uh, and then I seen like there's a sea otter. So I, whatever, hold on. Maybe I'll start from scratch. So I get in a deep cove and I left way later than I intended. And I head up. And then there's like these couple like different islands. And there's one island called like Twin Islands, which is two islands that are, they're at high tide. It's two islands. They're separated by water. But at low tide, it's one island. You can't canoe in between. So I was like, oh, I wonder if I can canoe in between. So I go canoe in between. Take a little smoke break. But that was like the first moment I was like, damn, like this ocean scenery is like different. Because it's like all the rocks were just covered in like barnacles and shells and stuff like that. And then I still, I stopped like, I flew my drone, had a smoke break, had a snack. And then uh, I, I had to keep readjusting my canoe because I pulled it up on the shore. And then the tide was like slowly rising. The slowly rising means two minutes, three minutes later, I got to slide my canoe further up because it rose. And then I probably gained like 
four inches while I was chilling there. Probably made like a 25-minute stop. But it made it actually, it made it deep enough for me to cross over through the little channel of the two islands. So when I cross over through the other channel of the islands, and like I said, like that spot itself was like, it was just so oceany with all the barnacles and like the tide and the seashells. And just like the trees up on the island were like small and <laughs> it's not stupid, but they're very like, oceany. And then so anyways, I crossed through to the other side. And as I'm crossing through, I'm like, what the fuck is that? And out in the distance, there's like all this like splashing going on. But it's like kind of like a, like a constant splashing. It's like that doesn't make sense to be a fish. Because a fish will like splash at the surface and then it'll be gone. But it's like kept splashing. What the fuck is that? And there's like four seals or sea lions or sea otters or whatever the fuck they were. And there's like four of them. I assume like some sort of little family. They were just like playing around frolicking in the in, in, at the water. So then I was like, fuck, this is rad. Like I'm in the ocean. This is fucking badass. So anyways, I was there. So I headed up from there. And you continue up and you see like there's two different powerhouses on like the right hand side. Uh, they're called like Bunsen Lake Powerhouse 1 and 2. Or 2 and 1. I think it goes 2 first and then 1. Which doesn't make sense. But um, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense in... The paddler's eyes, you know? Because you see the first one, you assume it's number one, but it is the second one. But they're, like, built in the early 1900s and pretty fucking badass. So it's, like, you had the nature with, like, the seals and the scenery. And then you got, like, the the man-made scenery of the powerhouses. It was just, like, super nice to go. And then from that point, I was like, shit, I'm, like, behind schedule. Because I left so late, I was like, fuck, I gotta make up some hay. So I just kind of powered it through. And then I can do it all the way out. There's some people like scuba diving, which is just interesting to see some scuba divers out there. I don't know what they were, what they would have been seeing, like starfish or or maybe there's a shipwreck down there. I have no idea. And then, anyways, I just motored on all the way up to this like badass waterfall. And uh, I've been to this, this campsite, but I've been to this campsite before. And it's just this huge waterfall. And it's got like a beach on like... It's got like two beaches. And then it's huge waterfall. And then across from it is like the yacht club. <laughs> anyway, so I get to this campsite. And I'm... Uh, I was totally by myself. Because I left on a Friday. And it was a 25 kilometer paddle. So it's like not... It's not easy for people to get there. Especially on a Friday. But on Saturday, like it's pretty... It's a pretty uh, pretty popular spot. But it's also early in the season. But I got there. I was like totally by myself. This huge waterfall. I was like, fuck, this is so rad. And then I'm like going to check out this lighthouse. Which actually wasn't even a lighthouse. It looked like it was a mini lighthouse. But there's actually no light on top. So I don't know if it used to have a light on top. Or if it's just meant as like a, a, a marker. But anyways, I'm like going to chill there and like smoke a joint. And then I seen this, uh, I heard a noise actually. And there's a sea otter right on shore. Like, where the rocks of the shore, like, so like half, he's like fully in the water. But like on shore, you know what I mean? Like at the edge of the water and the shore. And he's just munching away on a fucking crab. So I guess he caught a crab. I didn't see the crab, it was just underwater. But then he would like wrestle underwater, like to bite it off or whatever. 
And then he lifts up his head. He's got a crab leg. He's munching down on his crab leg. I was like, fuck, this is like badass. And I actually like, put a little video of it. But it's like I recorded it. And then I was like, that's fucking rad. And then he heard me say that. And then he fucking peaced out. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Why would I say anything? But it was just so cool to see, like, right there, right, like, fucking 10 feet from me, this sea otter just munching away on this crab. Yeah, like, I just don't see that. I'm, like, a predominantly a lake paddler. So we just don't, I just don't see that stuff. Like, there's no crabs in lakes, right? Anyway, so this campsite is, like, more essentially by myself. And uh, I just bought this campfire. There's a campfire ban there. They say no campfires allowed. But I just bought this, like, portable propane fire and i so i set up my fire and i got there in the evening so it's like by the time i got got my tent all set up and it was like by myself i was just like fuck yeah set up my little fire chill make some dinner and then it was like starting to like you know get dusky and then i just like fucking was chilling smoking a joint hanging out I go to bed at like nine a couple of random people showed up but i don't even know if they camped there but I saw, I heard a boat with like some music playing. But in the morning when I woke up, I didn't even see that boat. So I kind of feel like they left at night. Which seems weird, but maybe that's what happened. I don't I don't really know. It doesn't really matter. But I didn't even see them. But then I saw this random dude walking. I thought he was walking towards the outhouses. But he walked past the outhouses. Down the coast to like, I guess another beach. And I never saw that guy again, but I did hear like, I'm pretty sure it was singing. It didn't, it sounded like singing. It didn't sound like music per se. It just sounded like singing. It was kind of weird actually. But other than that, those are like the only people that I saw. And then in the morning I woke up and I stayed in my tent for a while because it was raining. And I, the forecast was calling for like the rain to trickle off during the day. So I just I slept in, stayed in my tent. By the time I got out, there's nobody else around. So either they didn't camp or I just never saw them again. And it was just, yeah, I had this huge waterfall, this fucking huge beach, nice campsite all to myself. And I was like, fuck yeah, that was so rad. And it was just so good to get out and to, we'll do a little test camp, but just to like, you know, fucking work. Because it's 25 kilometers. My travel file says I went 25 kilometers there. But then I took 20k back. Which. I don't really think makes that much sense. Because I don't think I went. 5 kilometers further. So I, I started and left at the same spot. And I did take like a slightly different route. I followed the other coast. I went up the. I went up the east side and came back the west side. But it's just, I don't know. I feel like my Strava might have been a little hard. But it's just nice to get out there and fucking work hard. Totally peaceful by myself. Nothing to think about other than my own thoughts. And it was it was just so nice and rewarding. And it made me like pretty hyped up to do this North Coast Trail. Because the North Coast Trail is obviously on the Pacific Ocean. And it's, it'll be have like some sort of like the same type of marine life, I guess. So I'll probably be able to. Uh, so on on this one, I saw I didn't talk about, it, but I saw like a whole bunch of jellyfish in the water. I got some like little GoPro footage of like all the jellyfish in the water, and I saw a lot of starfish. 
And I'm thinking I'd be able to see a bunch more of that kind of stuff on the North Coast Trail. And I didn't swim in the salt water, but it'd be kind of nice to actually get in the swim. And anyways, it just made me hyped to fucking get outdoors, do some stuff to, like, work. Because part of, like, the journey, it's, like, just uh, to work. Like, if I... You could boat to this same spot where I canoe to. But it just doesn't have the same, like, oomph. as power in there under your own power. Totally solo. You're canoeing out on the ocean by yourself. Human-powered. It's, like, the reward of a nice... It's just so... It's just so nice. And anyways, it got me hyped up. So, I don't really know what else to say here. But I, I apologize for not producing enough podcasts to justify uh, having this feed. But I will get better. And I'm going to try to... I would like to record, actually, on the North Coast Trail. Probably with Jesse. And hopefully with my other friend. But I think Jesse's into it. And he's actually, like... Well, he's into fish. He's like a, he's working in the fisheries. So I think you actually might have some insight on the trip itself. But I would like to do like, while we're doing an adventure, to talk about the adventure. So there'll be that podcast soon. I might record one with Dustin this weekend. We'll have to see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I apologize for not producing enough podcasts. But other than that, you know what? I should say that you also should go canoeing. <laughs> so anyways, I feel like I've said enough. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Uh, so yeah, that's it. That's the end of this episode. Episode number 12 of the Sergeant Podcast. My apologies, my excuses, my canoeing trips. That's it. Have a good one. Bye.